This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Oh, saving this spot from the rut. It's a nice, I think it's a nice buck. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. 10 yards. Woo! Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. All right, guys. You're listening to the legacy on a Wednesday. Hopefully, if not, you're on Thursday. Not prime wood rib day, but we understand. <laughs> prime wood day. <laughs> it's prime wood, not prime wood. That's on Wednesdays. You guys, you guys know what we're talking about. Like 82 episodes ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is an epic, epic story. This is one of the best podcasts I think we have done. Um, I want to say we're almost two months nailing this guy down to come on life's busy man he, uh, he's got kids just like us his schedule will be this we'd be that we got another couple guys that are like that too you know what i mean and super cool for people to be patient with us work with us try to figure out when the best time is and uh i'm so happy that we got to showcase this story and i feel like i feel like other podcasts should have this guy on because i feel like this story needs to be told it's just too epic yeah i don't want to ruin anything right now but you guys if you're just listening and you're like i want to listen to the first three minutes of this and see if it's good or not you are literally going to want to listen to this because you are not going to hear a story like this anywhere else and it's almost unbelievable but me and homie gotta live it gotta live it through (laughs) instagram last last season like they were posting Live com live comments, live videos, and text through Cameron Deerfield, our buddy. He was like, "Hey man, my buddy just shot this buck. 
one side was 101, the other side was something. You just got to listen to to find out. But uh, super epic. We can't thank him enough for coming on, spending time with us. But uh, let's get into the partner so we can get into this epic story. Let's start with the veteran broadhead. I want to do, I know Matt's listening, so I want to do a special shout out to Matt on the veteran. Uh, Matt has been putting so much work into his products in the last couple years, growing his business. I want him to get out and hunt. Yeah. I want him to get out and hunt. This is a special message to Matt and Cindy. I want you guys to get out and hunt and enjoy this season. And uh, we've been trying to take a little bit of load off, you know, from him with the staff and stuff, trying to help him out. Um, we love Matt and Cindy, and we want you guys to get out there and enjoy the woods like you used to and stop grinding so hard every day, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, is Matt's such a gentleman. He's he's put Cindy on a deer, yeah. so we need Cindy to step her game up and get it done early. Yeah, Cindy, you need to kill the first day so Matt can kill the second. There so, you go. Yeah. But uh, homie's got the VIP veteran broadhead shout-out. This week's VIP veteran broadhead shout-out is from last week's uh, VIP shout out Justin. He um, invited me to like this page. It's called The Fallen Outdoors. Uh, they are a nonprofit organization, and their mission is to film and show real American veterans balancing duty for their country and passion for the outdoors. They aim to connect past and present veterans from all branches of the military in order to facilitate and film hunts throughout North America. The ultimate goal is to create a network between military posts throughout the nation in order to connect veterans who are devoted to their country and the outdoors. This network will allow veterans to help other veterans by facilitating hunts all over the country, and these veterans will be able to visit or be stationed in various military communities in North America and have access to organized hunts and the opportunity to be filmed by elite field staff programs. Um, be sure to like them on Facebook, be able to check out all their stuff. Um, they're looking for sponsorships, gear, guides, and most importantly, anybody with any sort of, um, free time to be able to go there and help them out. So, um, if you're running a business or if you're, if you got some time or you got some ground, um, look them guys up and definitely try to help them out. Cause that is something that you would definitely want to be involved with. Yeah, I think it'd be a a great event to be involved with because when we were with Hoorah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was just such like humbling just hearing the stuff that was going on. Yeah, you know, like that the campfire side, dude. Yeah, the campfire sweet. side and stuff. I mean, the stuff that they do that is beyond the hunt, you know, is epic. You know, and he said that he saved a guy's marriage because that's the last trip that they went on. They just went on a fishing trip and it saved mm-hmm. his marriage because him and his wife got to reconnect. I mean, that's epic, life-changing stuff. Just like this company's doing, or this nonprofit's doing, you know what I mean? Yep. So reach out to them. Um, if you're a veteran, reach out to them too. I mean, I'm sure that there'd be people that understand what you're going through on a daily basis that can help you out. Yep. Somebody might understand your problem, and you might understand somebody else's problem, and then you guys have, you know, a lifelong friendship. Yep, for sure. All right, let's get into ECW calls. Huge news out of ECW calls. We've been talking about it. He is opening his own storefront. Um, building calls in the back, selling them out the front. Super cool for Jeff. I'm I'm so pumped for him. The yeah. guy deserved it. He's hardworking. He's a veteran. You know, served this country, and now he's living his dreams of being a, a call maker. And you can tell he's super proud of that store. And it is incredibly oh, yeah. nice. It is. so. He's been sending us pictures, and it is so nice. But um, the grand opening is in Roseville, Illinois, August 16th, 12 to 6. We will be there. 
Yep. Um, if you guys want to come hang out, talk to us, we're nothing special, but if you guys want to come out and meet us, check out the calls, we'll be there. Um, I, I would like to meet any listener. We went to Last Press Launch Party, and yeah. a yeah, lot of listeners crazy. come up to us. It was so cool to connect and um, you know, just tell, you know, just say, Hey, I listened to your show and just be able to say thank you, you know, not over the show, like in person say, Hey Mm -hmm. man, thank you for listening. Appreciate your support. And, uh, cause those are the people that are helping us grow. So if you want to see us, Roseville, Illinois, um, free hot dogs, chips and sodas and free giveaways there. Um, just going to put on a a banger. I'm sure (laughs) we'll be there. So we'll, we, anywhere we go gets pretty lively. So um, come out and see us. Um, if you can stay for five minutes, great. If you can come hang out for an hour and talk, maybe we can get a podcast in with you. You never know what we might have going on. All right. Uh, Ingrams, he has a maybe. You want to go into that? Oh, no. It was just maybe if you wanted to talk yeah. about what you guys had talked about. Yeah. Um, because like we said, we, uh, we talked last year that we we're going to do a video for Ingram, but this year, um, we, we did a short video for him. We put him in the freeze video, yep. showcase him a little bit, but we're going to nail an actual co- social media based commercial for him. Um, we have, should we talk about legacy productions a little yeah. bit? We have started a small side business called legacy, legacy productions. And we say side business, we're making $0, <laughs> but we're helping people out with content needs that couldn't pay someone else to do it. We're at the point now, idea-wise, homie's at the point now, editing-wise, that we can help people create stuff that will be, will do good, what we think will do good, you know? Mm -hmm. And we've done it for a couple places, and it's been successful, you know? And homie's got a couple gigs, paying gigs lined up, (laughs) you know what I mean? So he's growing. We're just trying to get more (laughs) camera gear is all we're doing, you know know. I mean? We're trying to get a little extra dollar for the... $500 $500 lenses, you know, on the cheap side that we got to buy. Right. <laughs> but uh, we're going to do a video for him. We're going to try to showcase him as a person, as a hunter, and as a taxidermist. Because I feel like people, when you get a buck, you call the guy, and you're like, what's the prize? You know, and then you look at his work, or oh, he does good work. But you don't really know him on a personal level. You don't really know, like, his backstory you don't, you know, you don't really know the guy like a friend, you know, and that's what we're going to try to showcase. We want to showcase Ingram as the guy he is, a absolute rock solid dude. You know what I mean? Like, if I needed anything, I know that dude would drive over here and be like, yeah, yep. let's, let's do it. You know what I mean? Right. And he'd probably have rubber boots on, but exactly. We would still get it done. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's growing substantially this year. He went full time. So we're going to try to crush this video. You guys will see that coming out. We are not saying. Saying we're going to do it this year and not doing it, this is 100% yeah, go. it's going. It is. It's we got going. stuff prepping in the studio right now to yep. do this. And uh, Just a couple weeks we'll be we'll be up there. Yeah, a couple weeks we'll be up there it'll filming it It'll all be out. going down up there. Yeah, it'll <laughs> all be going down. So uh, we'll probably be going live when we reveal the mounts set up for this, the video shoot. Um, I think I think people are really going to enjoy what we got planned for, the, for yeah. Ingram. So. All right, you got a little something for Scentlock. Yeah, moving on to Scentlock. Um, I ordered my gear chamber closet. Um, it's their new ozone closet. You got closet. room for my gear in there, bro? Uh, as big <laughs> as this thing is, it might. You just pack it in be like, hey, man, grab this, this, and this for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to carry both Oz bags, oh, though. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I got bony arms. 
So um, I got my closet ordered um, here within the next week or so. Um, it should be available online for everybody to order, so be on the lookout for that. Um, we got a look at it at ATA. Uh, we did a live video on it at ATA. That's how jacked up I was about it. So um, I'm excited for that, man. Yeah, that the boot edition. The boot pucks. The is. boot pucks and the boot closet area on the, yeah, on the hinge yeah solid man so if you got super muddy boots you don't want to throw them in with all your clothes like in the ozone bag or something you put them in there it's a separate from your gear separate from your clothes you know you're not going to get them completely destroyed mm-hmm. and uh that that was a super good and then the boot pucks like you said that come with it, it it's just it's just an epic product if i had more room i would, I would say it. when you get freezes mountain here we're gonna we're, have we're no packed room. we're we should have made the studio like two times as big. You should have made the studio. Yeah, I you mean, bu- I, you yeah, built the studio. I built the studio, but I should have made it bigger. When I get my legit garage in about <laughs> three years, it's gonna it'd be epic. Then we'll have room, but we're gonna need a lot more bucks to fill it up. So you got to start killing stuff, man. All right, all right, I'll step, I'll step my game up. <laughs> we got to go to Missouri and just kill two just to fill up right. room space. Be like Ingram. Yeah, here's three mounts apiece. Yeah, here's my checkbook. <laughs> All right, man. This is, like I said, this is one of the most epic stories we've done on this podcast. You guys are going to be blown away by it. We don't want to give too much away, but enjoy. All right, we got Brian Hatem on the line. How are you doing tonight, man? Good, good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming through. You you came in stat on this episode. We were we were trying to work it out, and we finally got her laid down. So super excited awesome. to have you on. I'm super jacked to hear this story. Uh, like me and homie. We follow you on social media, so we got to live this out like real time. I mean, homie, you're talking like, oh, man, he found it. You know what I mean? We were so jacked for you. We don't even know you, but we were so jacked yeah. in Illinois, and you're in Ohio. We were so jacked for you. We were like, yes. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's yeah. great It's great just to hear that, you know, the story is reaching people that don't even know me. It's just yeah. one of the things you never think of, and then you start talking to people, and you're like, oh, yeah, I heard about this, I heard about that. And it's like, man, it's awesome. It is awesome, but. All right, here's your uh, two-minute inter- or introduction to the listeners. All right. My name is Brian Hayden. I um, live out in Amanda, Ohio. Um, currently, I'm working for Columbia Gas, you know, doing some office stuff, trying to uh, you know, scratch up as much as I can to put in the time for tree stand hours. But uh, I'd, I'd probably say I started hunting, I don't know, as soon as I could walk. You know, I was attached to my dad's hip. Anywhere he went, I went. Anything he did, I wanted to do. And then really dug in real deep on deer hunting world probably 10 years ago. And really started buckling down and learning as much as I could, figuring out patterns and all that fun stuff. So it's been it's been a great journey. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, I just had a little one of my own, so I'm looking forward to passing along all my knowledge down to him. Yeah, that's epic, man. I'm, it's so cool that, you know, you got your passion from your dad and now you get to instill that in your kid. And that's like my wife's like, what if what if your kids don't like hunting? I'm like, one of them's going to like it. At least one of them. I got a one in three <laughs> shot. Right. I'm shooting 33% at least. So. Absolutely. I got one, so I got to make it count. You got to make it count. But, yeah, I think yeah. If, if you're close to your dad, anything your dad likes, you know, they're going to end like, up liking. Yeah, you're yeah. going to end up liking. So. Absolutely. But all right, man. Let's get in the story of Tallboy. I, I just to the listeners, this is this is a legendary buck and a legendary story. This is one that you're gonna be want to like listen in. 
I know you're probably like jogging right now because that's what everybody's <laughs> doing. It's hot as hell out right now, <laughs> but you want to listen. And uh, this this is epic, man. So go ahead and get in the story of Tall Boy. All right. So it really, it started probably mid June of 2016, running probably eight cameras on a little 10 acre chunk that I have, and uh, wasn't getting anything good. Wasn't getting anything good, and then making the camera moves here, move there, and then all of a sudden, one picture, one picture only. About full growth, full velvet, he shows up. Young, you know, three-and-a-half-year-old buck. Three-and-a-half, he probably scored 160s. So um, it was pretty epic. You know, I had another dude on my hit list. I was older. So I was letting tall boy kind of go, keeping a close eye on him, trying to, you know, buckle down on his home range. And uh, it's just, it, it turned into a story from there. He uh, was never the same place twice. Always a guessing game with him. He would show up for two or three days, vanish for two or three days, come back, have stuff broke off. You know, he was just a scrapper. He was trying to claim his ground. So it ended up early October 2016. I had the, the number one hit list buck come in, so I, I harvested him. But I kept every camera out, studied every inch of that property, and kept as much detailed information as I could on this deer. So then comes 2017. So back to 2016, early 2017, shed hunting. I mean, I put on 10-acre chunk. I probably combed it seven, eight times looking for this deer shed. I walked cut bean fields, cut corn fields, creek bank, every single square inch of my father-in-law's property. Come up empty-handed kind of disappointed you know i knew he was there had pictures of him one day with both sides one day with half side and then three days later he finally loses the other side i was stoked i was pumped i was out there the very next day walking every inch still came up empty-handed so summer rolls through cameras go back out mineral sites hit i think it was late sep or mid-september before I finally got a picture of him again. He turned into a mainframe eight with split G2s on both sides. Probably roughed him at about 170, 175. Um, then, the, the, you know, the game was on. I got my first picture of him, made moves off of the three or four pictures I had, and then I probably, I couldn't, I couldn't put a camera out without catching a picture of this deer. So it was, it was the ultimate chess match. I haven't hunted a deer this hard my entire life in the season of 2017. Every opportunity I had to be in the woods, I was in the woods. The wife was ready to strangle me because I was never home, always out in the woods. So it was the day at, it was Thanksgiving morning, actually out there not seeing a single thing here one little stick break and i kind of look over my shoulder at this point i'm sitting down it's like nine o'clock in the morning 
sitting down, debating on if I'm going to go home, you know, get with the family, have some dinner. Get that stiff break and look over, and what do you know? There he is. All 175 inches of it. So he comes around nowhere close to where my shooting rings were, nowhere close to where it had been planned he should come from. So he comes out. I stand up. I get turned. I get drawn back on him. He's coming through. I'm looking for an opening. I find a window. I'm waiting for him there. I go to stop him where he takes two steps past the window and stops. So I'm still at full draw, waiting, waiting, waiting. Next opening, same thing. Stop him. Three steps out of the window. I'm I'm at a loss at this point. One last window I found. Comes to it. I get him to stop, and he stops perfect in it. Still a full draw. I'm looking. I didn't come off the string to make sure it's open, it's clear. Buckle back down. Let her fly. It's about 35 yards. Lo and behold, the good old tree had a better thought. Caught a limb. Deflected about, oh, 40, 50 yards above his back. <laughs> you were close, man. Yeah, I was close. <laughs> man, it was, it was devastating. So... Uh, you know, I had no idea what happened because I still didn't see the branch. I knew I had missed because he just kind of took his hop and then kind of walked off. Frustrated, annoyed, all of the above. I hopped down. I'm looking, looking, I'm looking. I can't find my arrow. Then I'm nervous. I'm like, man, did I hit the branch? Hit him bad? You know, is he wounded? This and that. And I'm looking. I probably looked for a half hour, 45 minutes, finally found my arrow, and that anger turned into relief because I knew at that point it was a clean miss. He was not injured, so the hunt continues. So every weekend, every day possible, I'm in the stand. It was literally the ultimate game of chess. He would be there at noon one day. I'd go back the following day at noon and sit from 10 to 2, not a single sighting. Oh, my cameras, he was there at 5.30 that night. It was, I mean, it was just a battle left and right, nonstop. So finally, it, it, you know, season came to an end, and I still had my tag in my sandwich, and he was still running the woods. Then, same thing, you know. Watching cameras, watching cameras. Finally see a deer. No rack. Starting to get no bucks with racks. Comb every square inch of the property. Every inch of the cornfield. Every inch of the creek bottom. Anywhere and everywhere I can. Still come up empty-handed. No sheds. Rolling on into 2018. Running my cameras. You know, same old story. Got the mineral sites out cameras out and this old boy turned into the ultimate ghost i thought for sure he had moved on never gonna see him again let's see it was probably october 10th i would have to say is when i finally got my first picture of him showed up middle of the day no rhyme or reason wow on the 10th yeah yeah on the 10th i'm like they're, they're i mean it was normal weather. It wasn't like it was a pressure coming, uh, front coming through with pressure change. 
It wasn't a good moon phase. There wasn't anything that was right, but he was out. Nine o'clock, four o'clock. The next day he was back at nine o'clock in the morning again, noon, three o'clock. I'm like, there's nothing going on. But in that early October, he formed a pattern. It was, he was there for two days, four days with nothing, and he was back for two days. So I'm like, well, this fall is perfect. My last picture of him was three days ago. I'm off tomorrow. All falls in place. He should show up. Of course not. Never works that way. So we're playing the chess match again. You know, he uh, he disappeared again. He turned into his ghost. And I went until December 10th before I got another picture of this deer. I had almost given up all hope that he had for sure moved on after the rut. I thought he had, you know, picked up on a doe, moved into some new ground, and, and that was pretty much it. So December 10th, 30 yards from my, my stand, he shows back up. Except this time he has a gouge in his neck and another wound on the top of his neck. So I get four or five pictures of him, shows back up three days later, looking pretty rough. And uh, we, we started the chess match again. And it was, I, I put, you know, four or five more cameras on trying to locate where he was at. And he had a weakness for a specific um, sweet corn mixture. 90% of the time I put that out, he wouldn't leave it. So I hadn't really put it out much this year because I wasn't seeing him. I just kind of, you know, gave up hope. There was another nice eight-pointer. That I had set my mind on. He was coming in regular. But that 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 thought in the back of my mind was, you know, go back to what he likes. Go back to what always drew him out. Put a little bit of that out. Showed back up to 19. I'm like, all right. I know I know this game. So loaded the spot down. Left it alone. Showed back up. December 23rd, played the waiting game. Got there about noon and sat till dark. And he showed up at 5, like 450, 455. Standing there, I have a little basket rack buck four yards under my stand. So I'm already standing up. I'm facing the way that tall boys coming from but this little buck is four yards from my tree no clue what's going on but i don't even have my bow in my hand at this point so i'm like well I, there's no way i can make this work he's right here any movement i make he's gonna bust me he's gonna break it out he's gonna know exactly where i'm at so finally i get him he gets around you know kind of back behind the tree and I have to make the move. The buck's coming in. He's tall boys about 40 yards at this point behind this big thicket. I slowly reach out for my bow. As soon as I get a hold of it and get it off the hanger, that little buck behind me blows. I'm like, no, don't do this to me. Oh, man. Don't ruin it. <laughs> I'm waiting too long for this. 
So, luckily, Tallboy didn't really care. He was set on where he was going. You know, he took a couple steps back, verified everything, and then once he cleared that thicket, I could tell it was for sure him, but he was missing a little something. He uh, he had lost, you know, half his rack from where he had taken that neck wound, the lower neck wound and the upper neck wound. The upper one was healing pretty good after we got him, you know, everything, but... Um, he didn't care. That little buck blew once and kind of walked off. Little tall boy, fully committed to come out into that cornfield, come straight out 30 yards, and we sealed the deal. So, talk about a long night. We gave him, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Felt like it was a good shot. And go back in and start looking for him. Can't find any blood. Can't find any blood. Can't find my arrow. Finally, we pick up on some blood. You know, we're looking, we're looking, we're looking. Pulling cameras along the way to see if, uh, did he pass this camera? Did he pass that camera? Which way did he go? We found him on one camera. He turned and headed for the creek. So at that point, we backed out. Well, I had to work the next day. Needless to say, there wasn't much work getting done because I was more worried about if my dad and Cameron found him or not. So I was on my phone more than anything. So they're out there looking and looking and they're combing everything and they're walking up and down the banks and looking everything in the daylight. And uh, Cameron calls me and I'm like, he knows I'm at work. He's been texting me. He just called me. So I answered it. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, I don't know if it's him, but there's a white belly in the creek. He's like, don't get your hopes up too much. But there's a white belly in the creek. He's like, I am currently running down the bank to this deer to see if it's him. I was like, well, let me know. Call me back. So a few minutes go by. My dad meets up with him. They rattle up the plan to walk back to my father-in-law's house. And this is Christmas Eve. Walk back to my father-in-law's house. My dad hops in a kayak, kayaks down the creek to where this deer is, and lo and behold, it was him. The half, the half a raft that was on, hooked up on one lonely log in the creek, and it held him there. Oh Otherwise, I'm nervous right now. Just no, listen man. to you telling this story, man. man. You, oh, man. you should have been in my shoes. Oh, God. I'm sweating. Up there camera. I'm like, dude, I need to know this. I need to know this. But it, it was him. It was, he floated almost two, 200 yards or so down the creek and hung up on one little log with the half rack he had. So, great, we got him. We get him out, get him in the truck. You know, we're, we're pumped, we're stoked. Get him out of there. Everybody's going to go for their Christmas Eve gatherings, you know, all that. I come back the following Saturday. I'm combing the woods. I'm looking here, looking there. I have to find another animal because there was a four-day window from when he had both sides to when he lost half of it. So I was to determined, and I think Cameron might have been more determined than I was because he called me and texted me every single day till I finally went out there and started looking for it. 
So we we struck up a plan. We found a, a friend of ours that um, lives down south that has um, two ultimate great shed dogs, and he offered to bring them up and run them because he hasn't had any time to run them all summer long because there's no sheds to find during the summer. So he's like, dude, I will come up. We will run. I'll bring my two best. We will run until they can't run anymore. I'm like, let's do this. So we set it up. And we started looking and calling every inch of everything, crossing the creek, up and down the banks, into this, you know, CRP field that butted up against my father-in-law's, all the way through that, along the creek, back around, and we started out into the clean field. At this point, a couple other buddies had showed up. So there were six guys, four guys in the cornfield, one guy at the edge of the corn, and two dogs in the cornfield. It was our last last ditch effort before we went back through the or the the little patch of woods again. We're cruising, we're cruising, and I see my youngest brother-in-law come out, and I'm like waving at him. I'm like, "Hey, we're over here. Come out here." And he just keeps going along the woods. I'm like, "Man, we we already walked that. Like, we need the extra eyes in the cornfield. I'm trying to get his attention." And he just moves us right along, goes back in the woods, and not more than ten minutes after he gets in the woods, he comes me. He's like, hey, I got you a present. And I was like, no, you don't. You're lying. I was like, we just walked all that. No way. You just got out of bed, walked for 10 minutes, and found that. <laughs> I'm like, there's no way. We've been out here three and a half hours. We're soaking wet from crossing the creek, freezing cold because it's December. At this point, it was like December 30th or something. It was cold. We're standing in the middle of the cornfield, 10 mile an hour wind, 20 degrees trying to find this thing and he comes out for 10 minutes and he finds it and I'm probably 150 yards in the middle of this cornfield and I take off on a dead run and I lean past Cameron I'm like he's got it and then lo and behold Cameron's running right behind me he left his little boy in the middle of the cornfield <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do man <laughs> hey where are you guys going Cameron's like follow us and we're off we take off we find it it was absolutely amazing Never in a million years did I think that was going to end the way it did. So you got the excitement of shooting it and the hunt, and then you got the hunt for the shed and the. Yes. I couldn't imagine that phone call. Like I'm getting amped right now, just thinking oh, about dude, you know, was... like I found it. You'd be like, it's like when someone says they found your buck. You're like, yeah. oh my yeah. god, you know what I mean? But now you got your buck, twice. but now you found the other part of it. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Oh. It was insane. When you found no sheds of this deer in the previous two years, yeah, you know, like not even I close know. to finding it. I'm, the whole time you're talking, I'm like, man, that thing's in the creek. That shed is in the creek. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. So, back to when I shot him and Dad and Tim and found him, you know, Dad's holding this thing up by the, the antler that it has because he's in a tie lock. So he has, you know, to hang on to whatever he can. And obviously there's... That side had 101 inches, so there's plenty to hang on to on that side. So he starts paddling back to the bank, gets it to the bank. Well, it's a straight uphill. So he's bear hugging this deer, soaking wet, December 24th, freezing cold, bear hugging this thing to get it up the hill to Cameron so he can paddle back up and get the kayak out. So in the midst of all that, they finally get it up on top of the hill. Dad comes up there. 
reaches down to like grab something and just kind of nudges the side that was on there, it breaks and falls off. <laughs> Man. So that wow. is how close I got to losing the other side in the creek. Because you got to think, he floated, you know, that 200 yards down, and there was two to three sets of rapids in between where he hung up. So he had to have drug along those rapids and somehow did not lose that other half and hung up on that branch for six to eight hours on that one side. That's insane, man. I knew this story is epic, but getting the hundred percent details, it's like super epic. It it was it was one of them things you hear about on a podcast or read about in a book. Yeah. I mean, it's not one of them things you would ever think you would be the person telling it. And it was so cool, me and homie got to live it live. Like you Cameron's like, Yeah, we're out here looking for this shit and I'm like, Man, they gotta yeah. find it. I'm telling homie like <laughs> they gotta find it, dude. I don't I'm like this guy. I I kind of would hate to be in your shoes, but oh, uh, it was the emotional roller was, coaster would be insane. I was gonna say it was the greatest, most stressful, biggest pain, greatest time ever. It's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, a lot of people say, oh, that's a you know, you might never ever, you, lifetime deer. That's a lifetime story. Oh, you absolutely. might shoot a bigger deer, but that's a lifetime story, man. If it gets more absolutely. crazy than that, I don't know. I don't know how it can. You know what I mean? No kidding. Other than shooting absolutely. a deer and it just running and hopping in the back of your truck, and that's where it dies. Yeah. I, other than that, I yeah. don't think it could get much more epic. <laughs> absolutely, it was like I said. It was the great part about it was just to see everybody volunteering to show up to help me find this, like. I didn't have to ask him when he was telling me like, Hey, I'm going. And my other buddy didn't know about it. I was like, yeah, we're going back Saturday. He's like, all right, I'll be there. I was like, I mean, we got two dogs and you know, four people right now. He's like, so what? I'll be there. He's like, I got this to do in the morning, but I'll do it Sunday. I was like, all right, man. Like, I appreciate it. Like I want as many eyes as possible, but I don't want to take up your time. You know? And everybody just pulled together. I mean, that, that buddy of ours, um, his name's Brock with the two dogs. Yeah. He drove an hour and 45 minutes up here with his dogs to help me look for it. Dang. He wouldn't, he wouldn't take gas money. He wouldn't take lunch money. I tried to like, I'm like, dude, let me buy you lunch. <laughs> you brought your dogs out. Let me put gas in your tank. Like you drove a long way. He's like, no, nope, my dogs, they needed to run. He's like, you know, Cameron kind of filled me in on some of the story as well. And he's like, I wanted to find it more, probably more than you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted you guys to find it something yeah. fierce, man. I, yeah, I was on social like, I'm just sweating over here. These guys got to find this shed. And Cameron's like, yeah, one side was 101. We're not <laughs> sure what the other side is. I'm like, what? Oh, my yeah. gosh. So. Yeah, it was, it was intense. Like, it's still, like, me retelling it is giving me goosebumps. Yeah, so do you just had like an 18-inch G2 hooked in a tree. <laughs> yep. yep, pretty much. And that's what saved your buck. I mean, how far does that creek go down? Long ways? Oh, it runs all the way. Just past where it goes, it meets up with Allen Creek, and then it runs. I mean, it's, I think it runs from there. It'll run all the way to Sayuna. Wow, man. So there was a there was a lot of ground it could have made without that one lucky branch that's there. I got a couple of buddies just north of town here that's 
shot bucks and they go to a creek and he's lost two of them during shotgun season where they cross yep. a creek and they get in that creek and it's it's deep you know i mean uh-huh. people fish it you know it's deep enough that people fish it and stuff and he just loses yep. a bug that's jared brody he's lost a couple bucks really yeah where we turkey hunted mm-hmm. yeah they get in that creek down there and cross it and then they just float on down wow and he, yep, he can't that's what find he did them. that's what this one did man but he luckily that one one branch had my back yeah <laughs> so <laughs> we got that yeah, is, go ahead cameron's like oh, oh yeah go for it Cameron's like, yeah, my buddy uh, shot this buck, and it's, but he's only got half side. I was like, okay, that's cool. He like, you know, still good job shooting it. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, it's uh, it's 101 inches on one side. We're like, oh yeah, okay, all right, you gotta find this. <laughs> yeah, you got this. <laughs> yeah, like all right, it's not, it's not like a six pointer. So yeah, this right? is serious yeah. stuff right here. I mean, but yeah. that's so epic that you found it, and I can't imagine like. The emotions of finding the deer and getting it, and then the emotions of finding the shed and like oh. piecing it together, and you're like, "Oh, the crap!" When you literally have no hope of finding the shed. Yeah, because you. Yes. For two years, you'd have no, you've never no found luck. a shed. Zero. You know what I mean? Wow. Yep. And that was the one that I was looking for. One and only. I didn't care about any other shed. I wanted to find that deer's shed and that deer only. So, everything there's kind of more onto the story there's some people that lease the property behind my father-in-law's so there was kind of some bad blood there they ride their four-wheeler on a trail and they got you know kind of upset about it everything was good everything was settled you know this and that but comes down to it and i get a phone call from the one guy he's like hey you meet up with me i was like yeah sure what's going on he's like i got something for you I was like, what What could he have for me, you know? Like, this is kind of weird. So he's like, well, I got a little surprise for you. He's like, just meet up with me. I was like, strange, but okay. Like, I'm cool with that. So I show up, and lo and behold, he's got his right side from 2013. Or, yeah, 2016. So when the deer was three and a half years old, he found it the following year in a pile of sticks and twigs and stuff from where the River had actually washed it up, and he actually gave it to me. So I had a shed from my deer from 2016. Wow, that's awesome. So I was, and then that was another thing. It's like, man, now I was going to shed from this deer when I first, you know, first got a picture on it. So that was, it was pretty awesome to see that, you know, the, the hunting community, how it goes from, you know, anger to we do the same thing, we're hunting the same deer. Here's the shed from the deer you killed. Yeah, yeah, that's cr- so super just, cool that he did give it to yeah. you. You know, what I mean, I, I, that's what I told him. I'm like, look, you send me pictures of deer you killed. If I have this shed, I'll be more than glad to give it to you. Yeah, for I'm sure. like, anything, dude. I'm like, you don't understand how much this means to have a shed off that deer. And he's like, you know, I, I'd, I'd hope if I killed a deer like that, somebody would give me a shed. Yeah, if they had it. Yeah. Man, so it, it just, it's, it's just, just awesome. so cool to piece the puzzles together and then you kind of know where he lost it and then you can piece together, okay, this is yep. why I didn't find it or, well, this is mm-hmm. where he's wintering. You know, we found freezes sheds and we automatically knew where he's summering and wintering then, you know, and we automatically yep. knew exactly where to find him when it was summertime. Mm-hmm. You yep. know, without, and then my buddy gave me those sheds, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, it's just awesome. Super epic for, you know, for people to to give away a 170 inch set yeah like i mean having the sheds is cool and everything but 
giving it to somebody else has got to make you feel even better yeah, than just get, having yeah. that shit. Because with if you if you would ever would have called you, you never oh, yeah. you never would have got the piece. Okay, that deer was wintering on that side, you know, yep, or he's wintering absolutely. somewhere on that creek, and you kind of get the piece to yep. puzzle together then, a little bit. It was another one of those, you know, he gave me that shit. And he's like, dude, I got a whole bunch of pictures of your buck in velvet. And, you know, when he was three and a half, four and a half, five and a half, he's like, I'll send you everything I got. So he sent me a few dozen pictures of my deer that I had never had. He had that deer all summer long. So that deer was summering and wintering on his end and was just taking a peek at my side every now and then. Yeah, so he's rutting he had, somewhere else, and then he was just yep. fluctuating through your little piece as a probably just yep. running that creek, you know, running yep. that creek that's in the exactly, rut and pinching through. Yeah, that's exactly what he was doing. That's why his, he was so inconsistent on showing up at my place because he wasn't ever staying there. You know, he would just come through, hang out, head back to where he was. So, one thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, you know, he had that injury, and you said that. That other buck spooked. Do you think that maybe, you know, he was so desperate for nutrients and stuff? You know, that late in the year, a lot of the food's gone. He's probably run down from the rut. You said he got injured late rut, so he's already ran down. Now he's injured, so he was probably like, there's corn up there. I got to get this is an easy meal. I got to get to it. You know, even though there's potential danger, I got half a rack anyways. (laughs) He's like. Yeah, I almost guarantee that's what it was. But the crazy thing was. Is, I forgot to say this during the whole finding of his shed, but where we found the shed was on the trail he walked in on that night I shot him. Wow. And I had seven cam, eight cameras, nine cameras on a small 10-acre chunk of woods, and I had about every trail possible covered. And I never had a picture of him until that night. So he was injured, staying really close, to that cornfield at that point. Yeah, he's probably bedding right on, you know, right there close and yep. traveling 100 and I, yards. He had the creek right there, he had the food, he had everything he needed. And that might have been why yep. he stayed, you know, instead yep. of going mm-hmm. back. He probably, you know, knew that he was injured, so he couldn't compete with the other bucks on the other property. And he just chilled right there. We had food and water and, and felt yep. felt safe. And you and you were just, Absolutely. you know, that's like a lot of people around here. We know a lot of people that like, if they don't kill in the rut, then they're done. Or oh, no, they kill they, one buck in the rut, and we can kill two deer, you know, so they kill one buck in the rut, oh, and they're yeah. done. And then January, December, no one's hunting. I mean, homie, are like, man, you guys are missing out, you know what I mean? Cause this oh, is, man, I'll tell you what, I'll take late season over, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say over rut, but late season, man, when it's freezing cold, it's, I mean, you, to me, I see more big bucks late in the year than, during the rut, you'll have your bucks that say up during the rut that you've never seen, but good luck putting a pattern on them and you know sticking to them at that point. The biggest deer I've seen is after November twentieth. Like everybody's like seventh through the twelfth or something, but I feel yeah. like that's like the three and a half, four year old heavy rut. But that November twentieth on, that's when those big giants, like the yeah. buck I lost, you know, that was Thanksgiving weekend. You know, and yep. then freeze. What was he like? The eighteenth or nineteenth of November? On the, in seventeen? Yeah, I think it was like the twenty third. Twenty third. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, right around Thanksgiving. Right there, right around Thanksgiving. Literally, a yep. 
mid one nineties and a mid one seventies, two years apart within five feet of each other, you know, within two days, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's just like mm-hmm. them big deer and both of them with a yearling doe in the same area. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. those yearling dad, does, man. My dad swears by that second half of November. Yeah. He, uh, it's probably been seven, eight years ago, shot one, this, um, family member owns some property in New Albany, Ohio. And, uh, he shot one out there that scored 172. And, uh, it was, it was around that same time. It was like November 20th, November 23rd, somewhere around there. It was the same thing. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh man, the rut's over, you know, around us, that's when shotgun hits. And then everybody's like, well, shotgun, the deer after shotgun, the deer are just ruined. You know what I mean? They don't move, but I feel like they're missing a really good week there. Oh, absolutely. Because the bow season, 100%. the bow, the weekend before shotgun is, is fire. Yeah, that bow season because yes. we we have a weekend and then a week or weekend a shotgun, a weekend a bow, and then a weekend a shotgun. Oh, uh, okay. That weekend in between has been really good for me and homie. Yeah, yeah. That that late November, man. It's it's definitely the time when the, the big boys show up, and then real late, real cold, man. They show back up. They'll they'll break out of their hiding areas. At least along here, you know, they'll break back out and hit to that food. So three and a half, you said that you had quite a few pictures of them, right? Yes, three and a half. It was, you know, I got one picture early. I didn't get another picture of him consistently. You know, I get one here, one there, a blurry one. And then, you know, like mid-October, he was just hammering. Yeah, see, and, that's, uh, that's that's a continuing trend we see. And then they get four yep. and a half and five, and they get sporadic, yep. you know? So. Yep. And it's where I had all the pictures of him when he was three and a half is the same stand I killed him out of two years later. Wow. Yep, I stuck to it. You know, I didn't move it. My youngest brother-in-law started hunting, and he kind of put some stands up, and he's like, well, you can hunt, you know, wherever you want. I'm like, you know, I got my stand. I'm like, you take whatever you want. I'm just going to sit at my lane. He's like, but you're not seeing any deer. I'm like, I know this spot. They'll be here. I'm going to yeah. stick to it. You know, previous years, they've always showed up. I'm just going to go to my stand. You guys can have the whole front. I just want this back little finger. That's all I need. The back little corner where it's at. Yep. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> the back little corner right little... in between the neighbor's pieces is where it's at. Yeah. It's exactly where it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I killed my the 165 inch deer. I killed him out of that same tree, and then I missed Tall Boy 2017 out of that tree, and then I killed him 2018. That's like you know you miss the deer too, and and people were like that's just devastating. But yeah, you would take that miss for this deer, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's yeah, it was one of those things. Like when I seen him again this year, I'm like, oh, thank you for missing. Yeah, I'm so glad like that tree limb so was there. Much. Yeah, so glad yeah. that tree limb was there as a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah, because so far this year, you know, I don't have I don't have anything that's anywhere close. So I'm I am grateful that I missed. <laughs> so for Not very the, often do you say that? For the 2018 season, did you uh, clear that last limb that you hit, or did um, you just I let did. it ride? <laughs> nope, I did. I did some major clearing. Yeah. So. After I hit that limb in 2017, I left everything the same. You know, I I didn't change too much that year because I'd already shot him once. 
I didn't want to go hacking through the woods. So, you know, I trimmed a window back where he went through. That way I had at least one for sure window I know is wide open, clean and clear. If he doesn't stop there, I got to try again another time. So early, I'd say it was probably early March, middle of shed season, basically. I had got back there and completely cleared the three shooting spots that I found that I had in to try and stamp them in. I cleared big windows in all three of those. So that way next time I still have my three chances, but they're wide open now. Yeah. You mentioned so definitely go ahead. You mentioned um he was on a pattern, you know, and something that after we killed you know, we kill a buck, it seems like we can piece it together a little bit better. So did you ever figure out kind of why he was doing the two days here and two days gone or four days? Did I did not. I had tried and tried and tried. and There was no rhyme or reason other than there was one decently sized scrape that I noticed he was picking up on, you know, later October. He would come through every few days in the middle of the night, check it, and then he was gone. Yeah. A couple of days later, he'd come back, check it, gone. Man, I'm glad you guys, you're like us, man. They Everybody's like, oh, if you find sign, hot sign in the woods, it's the go-to. But, man, those scrapes are so nocturnal for us. It's not oh, even absolutely. funny. Not even the funny, The only bucks man. that hit that thing were little forks and six-pointers during the day. That was it. Yeah, everything's nocturnal. We hunt real small pieces like that, too. So we got a lot in common there where you're. You run a lot of cameras, and people are like, man, you got that many cameras on that many acres? I'm like, yeah, because I got, like, you got to figure them out to, like, an exact science on small yep. pieces, I feel like. You can't be yeah, like, well, I caught them on this field, because you ain't got no fields, you know what I mean? Like, Yep. So. Yep, absolutely. It's, and I got the same, the same stuff from people. They're like, he's got 10 acres, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, how many cameras you got? Oh, nine or 10. What? Like, yeah. I got to know where they're coming, where they're going. What time they're getting to this point, what time they're getting to that point, where they're making their moves in between. Like, I got to know when they take a footstep, when that footstep is, and where it's at. Yeah, for sure. One thing I want to shout out that you mentioned while you're tracking the deer, I've never pulled trail camera cards on a trail cam to see if a deer came by while I was tracking it. That's super simple but genius to me at the same time. Have you ever done that, homie? No, I've never done that. Never had the opportunity to. to be yeah, like, but if you got that many cams, yeah. you know, you, yeah. and you're and you're like, if you had that piece right, and you're literally completely like, I have no idea. Just go yep. to your cams, pull them, and then at least you know not to look that way. Yeah, you know, yep. it, even if you a, didn't get a picture of them, you can eliminate that area. Yep, it's exactly what we did. You know, we lost dead. We didn't know if he made a left, made a right. So I'm like, well, I've got a camera forty yards straight ahead. Let's go to that one. Went yeah. to that one. And boom, he was on it. He was in front of it, and he turned and head towards the creek. Perfect. I had another camera along the edge of the creek. It was up probably another 40 yards, you know, towards the house, but it was closer to the creek. We walked towards the creek the direction he went. No blood, no deer. I was like, all right, I'm heading to this camera. You guys keep looking. I'm going to go pull this one see if he went this way. Didn't show up on that one. So we kind of had that feeling that he hit the creek. And that was the point of, we got to get out of here. He's he's not where we think he is. We need to get out so we don't push him further. Yeah. 
And I mean, pulling that trail cam picture, you could potentially see like where you hit him, mm-hmm. you know, yep. how is, how, how bad is he looking? You know, is he, yep. is he going real slow? You know, and a lot of our buddies running him on video. Imagine if you had a video of him going through there, dude, you could see oh, that so much, yeah. you know what I mean? Is he, that would have been amazing. is he pouring blood? You know, is he about to go yep. down? That's something that I would never have thought of, but now I'm going to do like, cause oh, I feel it's... like if you shoot one on the food plot and you got one on that Creek, okay, we know yep. he went down there. Let's go pull that card and see what that deer looked like when he went past his cam. You know, was he hurting real bad? That's a, that's a great right. tip that's not ever talked about, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was a new thing for me. I mean, and I hit the deer a little high. So it was like I pro- I got the top of the lung on the one side and then, you know, got the other lung on the other side. So he wasn't going to go far, but he was going to go far enough. Yeah, those high high lungs, one lung, they can go further yep. than you think, oh, yeah. man. Oh, I've yeah. lost a buck doing that when I hit it high, and you, it's called that no man's land. People, yep. uh, you know, and and you don't get any blood from that hardly no, at all, no. you know. And uh, no. it's so high, whatever blood you get absorbs on the hide and dries up. So, yep. and if you're not shooting a huge, you know, broadhead, you don't get. And then, but you always get a pasture up there because you don't hit anything. Yep. Oh, you yeah, know absolutely. what I mean? So. So, yeah. but, uh, it's just, that's a tough shot. I lost a nice 10 pointer B three or four years ago. They, same year I, I, deer still was still alive. So, but, oh, that's uh, good. yeah, that's good. same year I shot homeboy. I lost a nice buck, had Velo picks it up and went in there, shot him. That was like the 10th of October, the 8th of October. I mean, it was early mm-hmm. and he was on, he where he ran right down the neighbors, right down that trail just straight north of the crp stand straight awesome. like straight towards where the back stand is where i shot freeze oh but and that's another thing you said like if you find a piece of property out and like it might change a little bit but once you figure it out you kind of have a good basis of like okay big bucks like this area so yep. even if i don't have a big buck this year next year i have a big buck potential for him to use this area is very high you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yep. So that's also a good tactic, man. I I learned yeah, a lot on this episode, and it was it's yeah. I, epic. I kinda, right. You know, I've kind of stuck to my my one spot there. You know, it's always it's there's not as much deer traffic there, but it's got the quality deer traffic. Yep, that's where that's what so we see too. Like the days yep. that you don't see anything, a giant could show up literally at any time because yep. you know you're like okay. There's nothing been, that's why I tell people like, they're like, I ain't seen anything. Well, I'm like, okay, that's six hours. You didn't see anything. The potential of you to see something coming is very yeah. high now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every hour yeah. you don't oh, see yeah. something, you get better and better. So Exactly. And that's what I kept trying to tell my brother. He's like, well, I didn't see anything in this stand, so I'm going to go to that stand. I'm like, he's like, do you want to go to this stand? I'm like, no, I want to go He's like, but you're not seeing anything. I'm like, I understand that, but the time will come. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put my time in my stand there's going to be deer walk by me eventually you just got to be there at the right time and and make it count when you did but man i appreciate you go ahead and that's the hardest thing for me is picking a spot when you have five or six tree stands you can go to you know deciding on that one stand like you get there and you're like, oh, to the Yeah, you should have went, went to this, this spot. Yep. This spot is fire right now, I guarantee it. <laughs> That's yep, what you're exactly. thinking the whole like, time. You know, 
three hours in, you're like, I haven't seen a single deer. I guarantee I would have seen like 10 at that stand. Yeah, there's there's been two so, shooters go past that stand already, yeah, I guarantee you. And that's one of those things I just pounded into my brain. If this property, I know that far back stand will produce a good buck at some point. I just had to be there. So I didn't let myself do the, I need to be in this stand. No, I should go to this one. No, I should go to that one. Whenever I went there, that's the only stand I hunted. Yeah. That's good, man. You've We did that a lot, too. We have a couple stands that we pound pretty hard when the time's right. It's just we hunted 20, 20 almost 21 acres, and there's about five of it that's good. You yep. know what I mean? That's yep. pretty solid. Maybe four acres, that's pretty solid. And the rest yep. of it's nocturnal as hell, you know? So mm-hmm. you got to find those stands, you know? I mean, homie, we... But like like you said, you got too many options. You know, the day that you went to Boonertown and hunted, mm-hmm. Freeze was probably up north, just oh, yeah. cruising around he, everywhere. He was, he, yeah. with, with the other shooters you've seen, I'm sure he was in yeah. in the area. Yeah. So, he, and I had I actually had that actual thing happen to where I was hunting at my uh, mom and dad's down in you know Hocking Hills area, and walking out and I had my mindset to go to the hilltop stand last second. I was like, Nope, I'm going to go to the T. We've had good pictures at the T. I'm going to the T. I went to the T stand. I got in, it was second week in November. So I got in at like 12 31 o'clock to sit for the evening. I'm sitting there. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. Here comes some does. Here comes some does. Nothing, nothing, nothing. The next day I go back and pull cameras well, there was probably, I would say, a 135, 140-inch six-pointer. Damn. He was probably, I would, if I had to take a guess, he was probably 26 inches wide. Wow. 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 Went by that hilltop stand at 3 o'clock the day I changed my mind and went to the tee. Man, that's how it goes. That's yep. what we were getting ready to say. Homie went to this property, uh, the north property we had, and didn't see a deer, and I'm just seeing, I seen three shooters that yep. day, you know, and then, and then he's like, I haven't seen anything. This is bull crap, you know? And then yep. we quit hunting that, started hunting the other property, pull the cams, shooters all over the place. <laughs> You're like, no one's been on it for three weeks. We pull cams. They're just shooters in daylight over Everywhere. and over and over. And You're like, oh my God. Every cam there's yep. a shooter on. You're like, what are we doing with our lives right now? <laughs> We're two miles away, just pounding the other property, you know what I mean? But. It worked out for one of us. <laughs> right. The other guy got hey, the that's, shaft. That's 50%. I, <laughs> yeah. I'll take 50% all the time, you know? Yeah. Sure. All right, man. Well, I think this has been my favorite Legends episode. Oh, yeah. Just too by epic. Far. Yeah. Man, I appreciate awesome. you. I know it took us a while to line this up, but, man, you crushed it. I appreciate you coming on and telling the story. Um, man, I'm like, I, I, I know people are going to love this. I'm going to go shed hunting right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> We're we're ready for season, man. We're gonna get out there. Yes. I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to top the story of that of yeah. that bug. That's so cool, man. So we've been podcasting for a while, and you're number one, man. You're up there. Awesome. Well, I'm so. glad we made it happen, and I'm glad I could be part of it. Yeah. Well, there's 191 inches and seven eighths for you, bud. I know, man. 101 one side, oh. hung on a branch, <laughs> kayaked out, no shed. Like finding the shed is. They walked past it once. It was on the same trail that he did when he walked hunted in. So potentially he dropped that as he was coming in that night. 
Oh, man. And then the shed from the neighbor. Did he say that maybe it was last week, but did he say that there was a picture that morning of that deer? No, no. He said he had pictures of it. And there was a four-day gap. Yeah, and there was a four-day gap, and he had lost it, so... And for it not to be dropped in that creek because a neighbor found it washed up. I mean, phew, man, that creek seems like it runs the whole property, so it, it's got to be a huge... I would say, and then only being a 10-acre property, like, is, I mean, what I would think that this creek looks like. I mean, that's a big chunk of the yeah, piece, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, this was an epic story. I'm so glad he came on and told us. I know you guys... I, I say I hope you guys enjoyed most of the time, but I know you guys enjoyed that one. Um one thing we want to say, we thanked you all on the last episode for the following content. Um, if you have the time and you listen on iTunes, just hit that rating button. I know it takes time to leave a review. Just hit that rating button, what you think we deserve as a podcast. Um, hit that rating boot. That helps us go further on the charts, reach more people, and grow this brand. Um, and if you're on Podbean, you can subscribe. You can comment. Let us know what you think. Um we we think this episode should do pretty good. This is pretty epic. Um, like I said, we appreciate all you guys. If we, you are on Podbean and you do want to leave a review, uh, you can do it on our Facebook page. Yeah, do it on our Facebook page. That would be perfect. So get out there. Um, go start, squirrel hunting. Yeah. Take your kids. Yeah, go squirrel hunting. Take your kids. Start shooting that bow. Every time I shoot my bow, my kid has to shoot the bow. Yep. Yep. It slows me down. I got to take more time, but I'm leaving a legacy, and White to Legacy is out.